The carnal world functions in a constant state of uncertainty. When God's word and his promises are rejected, confusion of face and uncertainty rule, and clear leadership is always wanting. Man's truth of yesterday is debunked by his truth of today, and his truth of today will be debunked by his truth of tomorrow. For example, the June 2020 cover story of Discover magazine is titled Becoming Human, Breakthroughs, Shaking Up Evolution. The subheadline in that eight-page feature states, these are heady times for paleoanthropologists. In the opening decades of the 21st century, new discoveries have refined and revised the story of human evolution at an unprecedented rate. In this feature, you'll find nearly 50 contradictions to the carnally accepted evolutionary science of last year, as well as to casting doubts upon their own hypothesis. On the first page alone, you'll find the following words and phrases. Heated debates erupt challenges conventional thinking. The mercury of the story of human evolution seems. We don't have enough fossils to understand. And how much remains uncertain can lead even the professionals astray. Remember, all this doubting is just on the first page of an eight-page article. The headline of the May 2020 issue of Science News boldly declares, Key Shift in Human Evolution Identified. The short one-page feature is peppered with uncertainties. Eleven times you'll find these words describing the new evolutionary champion. Maybe, uncertainties, likely, possibly outcompeting, dating proving difficult, controversial proposal may have, it's possible, and more words that boil down to we don't know. Would you like certainty, some clear truth, and leadership? Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Exodus 20, verse 11, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Can it be proven? Yes, beyond any reasonable doubt. Can pseudoscience prove their dreams and theories of evolution? Of course they can't, because it's simply not true. Would you like to go to heaven and live eternally with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, along with all the hosts of heaven escaping hell's eternal damnation? Then here is the ultimate uncertainty. Mark sixteen fifteen and 16, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Have you yet to be born again? born a very real second time, this time of the Spirit of God? Will today be your day where all your sin and shame is washed away? Will today be the day all of Satan's bondages are eternally broken, regardless of how formidable they seem? Your eternal soul is literally in your own hand. Follow me in this simple prompt, and everything for you will begin anew. Are you ready to begin your glorious journey of transformation? Follow me right now. Here we go. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions, 
an immediate entry into the kingdom of God, and that is for certain. Now for today's subject. God said, John 3, verse 19, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. God said, Proverbs 3, 19, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. God said, Numbers 5, verses 2 and 3, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper, and every one that hath an issue, and whosoever is defiled by the dead, both male and female, shall ye put out without the camp, shall ye put them, that they defile not their camps in the midst whereof I dwell. Man said, Who's responsible for all the pain and suffering and death in the world? The Christian God, that's who. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1004 that will once again prove the perfect supernatural inerrancy of God's holy Bible. All of these marvelous features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May God's grace and peace be multiplied unto you. When God's commandments are cast off, then sin is served, and Mr. Sin will pay wages. These wages are always anti-life. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus compares us to sheep, and he is the good shepherd. In John 10, 9 and 11, 9 through 11, excuse me, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. It must be noted, and it must be emphasized and underscored, it can't be done. Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. This is an, an immutable law of God. It is impossible to mock, malign, or treat with disrespect the word of God without reaping the curse of doing the wrong thing. It can't be done. Those legitimately looking for proof of God will need look no further. Who is responsible? For the pain, the sickness, the death, and yes, even the pandemics. It will at first seem too simplistic, but it seems that way because it is. Sin and death entered a perfect world through the vehicle of unbelief and disobedience. Great-grandmother Eve believed Satan's words over God's and acted upon her unbelief, eating of the forbidden fruit. Great-grandfather Adam followed her wicked ways. The result of Adam and Eve's disobedience was to be ejected from paradise, to lose their immortality, and all of their offspring were spiritually stillborn and sold in sin to the devil their parents yielded to and the devil to whom they became shackles. Too simple for you? Watch how simple it is as we consider diet, hygiene, and quarantine. Multiple God said, man said features address these subjects. We will briefly review, and it will be glaringly evident that God is not mocked. Diet. 
Thousands of years before today's science begins to understand the matter, the glorious God of the Bible has already staked out his perfect position. God's beautiful book is replete with marvelous declarations that today's science is only beginning to recognize, as well as so much more that the rational mind can never plumb. Diet is surely one of those subjects. The Bible contains a host of passages addressing diet, declaring what a man should eat, drink, and even smell, as well as what not to. There are perfect instructions from our Creator to how to prepare food, and even insights into when and how to eat. But as you should expect, the great unwashed know better. Deuteronomy 14, 2 through 21 is a description of what the God who made the body as well as the animals thinks we should eat. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Thou shalt not eat any abominable thing. These are the beasts which ye shall eat, the ox, the sheep, and the goat, the hart, and the roebuck, and the fallow deer, and the wild goat, and the pygard, and the wild ox, and the chamois. And every beast that parteth the hoof, or cleaveth the cleft into two claws, and cheweth the cud among the beasts that ye shall eat. Nevertheless, ye shall not eat of them that chew the cud, or of them that divide the cloven hoof, as the camel, and the hare, and the coney. For they chew the cud, but divide not the hoof, therefore they are unclean unto you. And the swine, because it divideth the hoof, yet cheweth not the cud, it is unclean unto you. Ye shall not eat of their flesh, nor touch their dead carcass. These ye shall eat of all that are in the waters. All that have fins and scales shall ye eat. And whatsoever hath not fins and scales, ye may not eat, it is unclean unto you. Of all clean birds ye shall eat, but these are they which ye shall not eat, the eagle, and the ospreage, and the osprey, and the gleed, and the kite, and the vulture after his kind, and every raven after his kind, and the owl, and the nighthawk, and the cuckoo, and the hawk after his kind, the little owl, and the great owl, and the swan, and the pelican, and the gear eagle, and the cormorant, and the stork, and the heron after his kind, and the lapwing, and the bat. And every creeping thing that flieth is unclean unto you, they shall not be eaten. But all of the clean fowls ye may eat. Ye shall not eat of anything that dieth of itself. Thou shalt give it unto the stranger that is in thy gates, that he may eat it, or thou mayest sell it unto an alien. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. Men have added the long list of unsanctioned creatures to the menu. Dogs, cats, horses, mice, rats, snakes, lizards, turtles, rabbits, possums, raccoons, pigs, bats, all types of aquatic creatures, and more in the insect world. But we will only mention the consequences of eating two of these unclean entrees you just read. Be sure, however, that all these prohibited animals will deliver their deadly potion. The two creatures we will discuss are the pig and the rat, excuse me, the bat. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, the coronavirus, you won't believe it. A short list follows of problems caused by discarding God's commandments concerning the swine. The toxic, uh, toxicity of the swine's flesh is ranked extremely high, 
on about the same level as the rat and the groundhog. Trichinosis. Dr. E. A. Whittemer of the School of Public Health, Loma Linda University, had this to say. Pork consumption is now associated with coronary heart disease, cancer, and certain communicable diseases. Pigs are noteworthy as hosts for the intestinal trichina roundworm, Trichinella sperialis, which causes the disease trichinosis, a disease with symptoms that doctors often attribute to intestinal flu, pneumonia, or rheumatism. A more complete list of symptoms of the trichinosis infection was listed by the Division of Parasitic Diseases, National Center of Infectious Diseases, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, fatigue, fever, and abominable discomfort. Abdominal discomfort are the first symptoms of trichinosis. Headaches, fevers, chills, cough, eye swelling, aching joints, muscle pains, itchy skin, and diarrhea or constipation follow the first symptoms. If the infection is heavy, patients may experience difficulty coordinating movements and have heart and breathing problems. In severe cases, death occurs, end of quote. The tapeworm, reaching lengths of 21 feet, can simulate brain tumors, epilepsy, and other neurological and psychiatric disorders. Yersinia enterocolitica. 103 lots of 3,375 pigs were tested, and 92.2% were carrying Yersinia enterocolitica. Children are most frequently affected with signs of abdominal pain, fever, diarrhea, nausea, and vomiting. The disease can range in severity from self-limiting gastroenteritis to potentially fatal septicemia. The following excerpts are from an article written in 2008 in Discover Magazine titled Superbugs in the Fridge. Never mind E. coli in your spinach or botulism in your canned beans. There could be an antibiotic-resistant superbug in your fridge. Until recently, scientists believed that the dangerous bacterium, uh, which is called the methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, MRSA, thrived primarily in hospitals. But MRSA was recently found for the first time in live pigs in North America, confirming suspicions that it has entered the food chain. In Canada, a country that provides 80% of the United States pork imports, a strain of MRSA was found in a sample of pigs and their farmers. One-fourth of the 285 pigs studied were infected, according to a report, and veterinary microbiology with a 20% rate of transmission to the pig farmers. Since proper cooking will kill MRSA just as it does E. coli, risk of food poisoning by Staphylococcus aureus are low for those who eat well-done pork. However, the USDA has found that foodborne outbreaks have occurred due to contamination by food handlers who spread bacteria from pork products to other people. The following information is from the January 2009 issue of Nature under the heading, Ebola Outbreak Has Experts Rooting for Answers. When the Ebola Reston virus was discovered in pigs in the Philippines last year, it marked the virus's first known foray of a potential threat to human health. Excerpts follow from the NBCNews.com feature published December 6, 2016 under the heading, Rare Superbug gene discovered on U.S. pig farm. Researchers have found a rare and frightening superbug gene 
on a U.S. pig farm and say their discovery suggests raw meat could carry the dangerous germ into the human population. No pig scheduled for slaughter carried the mutant gene, the researchers stressed, and they haven't found any threat to people yet. And none of the pigs were sick. But the mutants should not have been on the farm at all, and they have no idea how it got there. It's an extremely rare gene. How it got on this farm, we don't know, said Thomas Whittem, chair of the veterinary medicine team at The Ohio State University, who led the study team. The worry is that the gene will get into bacteria that infect people. A type of antibiotic-resistant germ called carbapenem-resistant Enterobacteria C, or Cree, are especially dangerous. If they get into the bloodstream and cause an infection, Cree germs kill half of their victims. Just this summer, researchers sounded the alarm about a drug-resistant E. coli sample carrying a gene called MCR1. It was also carried on a plasmid, and the fear is such an E. coli bacteria with the MCR1 gene could pass it to another superbug with other mutations, creating a truly super, superbug that resists all known antibiotics, end of quotes. Most will remember the global panic in 2009 concerning the H1N1 virus, commonly known as swine flu. The World Health Organization declared the swine flu a pandemic and pronounced it over in August of 2010. Swine flu killed thousands worldwide, end of quote. Galatians 6.1 Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap, end of quote. God defines creatures not fit for consumption as abominations, and in the list of abominations in Leviticus 11.19, it reads this, And the stork, the heron after her kind, and the lapwing, and the bat. What happens when a person eats these abominations? Nature Magazine, February 3, 2020. A pneumonia outbreak associated with new coronavirus of probable bat origin. Science Daily, February 10, 2020. Coronavirus outbreak raises question. Why are bat viruses so deadly? The subhead states, bats fierce immune systems, drives viruses to higher virulence, making them deadlier in humans. A paragraph from the article follows. This makes bats a unique reservoir of rapidly reproducing and highly transmittable viruses. While the bats can tolerate viruses like these, when these bat viruses then move into animals that lack a fast-response immune system, the viruses quickly overwhelm their new host, leading to high fatality rates. The subheadline in the February 12, 2020 feature of Vox states, Horseshoe bats are known to carry coronavirus, which can infect humans. A few excerpts follow from an interview Vox feature writer Brian Resnick did with Jonathan Epstein. To better understand why health officials want to know which animals were involved in the new outbreak, I called up Jonathan Epstein. He's a veterinarian and an epidemiologist with the Echo Health Alliance, who was involved in tracking down the animal source for the SARS outbreak. Question. What do we know right now about where this novel coronavirus came from? Epstein. I think we have very strong evidence that supports the idea that this virus ultimately comes from bats, but we don't know what other animals may have been involved. Question. 
What do you mean by what other animals may have been involved? Is it possible that this didn't come directly from bats? Epstein. A good example here is the story of SARS. When SARS emerged in 2003, it was also in a live market in southern China and Guangdong. It turned out people that were handling and trading civet, small, mostly nocturnal mammal native to tropical Asia and Africa, had a higher instance of exposure and infection to this virus. Then they tested animals within the markets, and civets were found to be infected with the same virus that was infecting people. So the assumption was made that people were getting it from civets, and civets were very promptly and publicly removed from the markets and stamped out. But a very important study came out a few months after the epidemic, looking at civets on on farms that supplied the live animal markets, and it turned out that none of the civets that were being farmed had any evidence of exposure or infection to SARS coronavirus. That was important because this was not, in fact, a civet virus that was getting into the markets. Civets were getting infected in the markets themselves, just like people. Resnick asked, So what was giving civets SARS? Was it the bats? Epstein. So this is where I come in and my colleagues. We started working on SARS back in 2003, trying to understand what the wildlife reservoir was. And we found it to be bats, horseshoe bats specifically. We now know that there's a whole group, a whole diversity of viruses related to SARS that are circulating in horseshoe bats. One of the viruses we identified with our partners at the Wuhan Institute of Virology back in 2013 is 96% similar to this novel coronavirus. That gives us confidence that this new coronavirus also is a bat virus originally. These bats are hunted and eaten in China and, in fact, were brought into the markets in the case of SARS, and that is how other animals, including people, were infected. End of quotes. You'll find the following paragraph in the February 15, 2020 issue of Science News under the heading, New Coronavirus Fuels Outbreak. Bats are considered a source of coronaviruses, but don't usually pass the viruses directly to humans. SARS probably jumped from bats into raccoon dogs or palm civets before leaping to humans. MERS went from bats to camels and then to humans. A paper published January 22 in the Journal of Medical Virology suggests that the new virus has components from bat coronaviruses. Some evidence suggests the virus crossed into humans only once in mid-November and has since spread from person to person, end of quote. Here we go again. Another new global field study is in, and the discovery is that every commandment and precept in God's word has inherent within it a blessing or curse. Because the word of God is the supernatural inerrant truth, obeying it yields the blessings of doing the right thing. Because the word of God is the supernatural inerrant truth, disobeying it yields the curse of doing the wrong thing. God is not mocked. End of quote. So who killed all the people? God said don't, and man said do. Who is responsible for all the pain, sickness, and death? Note, as in other features dealing with diet, we point out that a Christian can sanctify his or her food with the word of God in prayer, 1 Timothy chapter 4, 4, and 5. But please keep in mind that the very vast majority of this world cannot.
hygiene. Many passages in the Word of God instruct in hygiene, including cleansing the body inside and out, houses, clothing, cooking utensils, stoves, the proper handling of human waste, and more. Part of the cleansing when one was healed of the plague of leprosy sounds like this, Leviticus fourteen eight and 9. And he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes and shave off all his hair and wash himself in water that he may be clean. And after that he shall come into the camp and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days. But it shall be on the seventh day that he shall shave all his hair off his head and his beard and his eyebrows, even all his hair he shall shave off. And he shall wash his clothes, also he shall wash his flesh in water, and he shall be clean. The hygiene of the community was also addressed. The scriptures direct the obedient to bury the waste that comes from the body. Deuteronomy 23, 12 through 14. Thou shalt have a place also without the camp, whither thou shalt go forth abroad. And thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon, and it shall be, when thou wilt ease thyself abroad, that thou shalt dig therewith, and shalt turn back, and cover that which cometh from thee. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee, and to give up thine enemies before thee. Therefore shall thy camp be holy, that he see no unclean thing in thee, and turn away from thee. In this brief review of biblical hygiene, consider these excerpts from the God said, man said feature Black Plague leveled by Leviticus, and here it is again which was published six years ago. The other day I was listening to a BBC newscast airing from an African village devastated by Ebola. Workers in hazmat suits were moving down the streets door to door, removing the dead from their homes in sealed black body bags and taking them within minutes to their burial. There was a wail of tears and anguish coming from what sounded like thousands of grief-stricken. It was truly unsettling. Today, the world experiences various outbreaks of epidemics that sometimes become pandemics. Unbeknownst to most, God's Word clearly lays out the solution for these deadly outbreaks, and central to His solution is diet, hygiene, and quarantine. God commands man, as quoted in the lead of this feature, to bury all waste, and that comes from the human body, but man has chosen to flush it instead, or just to relieve himself wherever is convenient. The July 25, 2014 issue of the week quotes the New York Times. Around 620 million Indians, or 50% of that country's population, have no access to a working toilet or latrine and thus defecate outside in the street or countryside. The resulting bacterial infections lead to widespread malnutrition among children and cause 62 million Indians under five to suffer permanent physical, and mental stunting, end of quote. Who is responsible for these horrific pandemics that have killed untold millions? What social conditions have made these terrors possible? In June 2000, an article in U.S. News & World Report titled The Sickening Sewage Crisis reported that each year an estimated 400,000 American basements experienced the backup of raw sewage and municipal sanitary sewers overflow 40,000 times, dumping the potentially deadly pathogens into our streets, waterways, and beaches. In just eight months, San Diego reported raw sewage spillage of 34 million gallons 
and the small town of Fort Pierce, Florida, reported spillage of 8 million gallons. Guess what follows the sewage? Rats. Big, disease-laden rats. The following excerpt is from Scientific American, January 2009. Four and ten people have no access to any latrine, toilet, bucket, or box. They defecate in airy alleyways and forest by train tracks. The disease toll of this human excrement is astounding, killing more people worldwide than any other single cause. Modern sanitation where it exists has added 20 years to the average human life, but population growth in the first world has taxed sanitation systems. 90% of the globe's sewage ends up untreated in oceans, rivers, and lakes, end of quote. The following excerpt is from Discover, March 2012, titled The Human Vector. To be transmitted, the germ has to be shed from one human host and picked up by another. Some germs, like cholera and, may I add, Ebola, make their hosts produce copious diarrhea. If there is poor sanitation or people are crowded together, these germs are likely to infect other hosts. Respiratory infections are shed into the air or onto surfaces. If someone sneezes into her hand or touches a doorknob that you touch afterwards, you may catch her infection. Some germs float through the air and you breathe them in. Measles and tuberculosis spread this way. End of quote. Just to name two pandemics directly associated with raw human waste would be cholera and E. coli. God's commandment was to bury the waste in the earth, but man said flush it. Now who is responsible for the millions of dead bodies buried in common graves? Who is responsible for the suffering and the evil? Thousands of years before modern science began to understand the reason why, God was there and provided the answer in his owner's manual. And by following it, he promised life and life more abundantly. Choose life and live. End of quote. Quarantine. Who is responsible for all the dead people? The medical scientists terrified the political community and the eager media and in turn terrified the global population with their dire predictions of death and despair regarding COVID-19, predictions which, by the way, have been proven to be grossly exaggerated. They have lost a considerable chunk of their ill-deserved credibility. With all the preachers surrounding the U.S. president, as well as some of the governors, why did none bring to their attention what a Bible-ordered quarantine looked like? Granted, it may have happened, but not publicly. The result of ignoring God's quarantine and replacing it with the new and improved version has proved catastrophically costly in blood and treasure. God ordered a place of quarantine outside the camp of Israel, where those who had been contaminated by running issue out of their bodies or who had contracted a visible plague like leprosy and more were sent. After a typical seven-day period in quarantine, the contaminated person would be examined by the priest. If pronounced cured, the person re-entered the community. The number of people in quarantine at any given time would have been considerable. Estimating the Hebrew population at the time quarantine commandments were given was 3 million, and one-half percent were contaminated on any given day, that comes out to 15,000 people who would have been quarantined from the general population. God's quarantine affected half a percent, not a hundred percent of the population, as many U.S. states and world governments have put in place. 
Many verses address quarantine in God's Word, giving explicit instruction how to conduct one. Numbers 5, 2, and 3. Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper, and every one that hath an issue, and whosoever is defiled by the dead, both male and female, shall ye put out. Without the camp shall ye put them, that they defile not their camps in the midst whereof I dwell. Leviticus 15, 2. Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When any man hath a running issue out of his flesh, because of his issue, issue excuse me, he is unclean. Leviticus thirteen forty five and 46. And the leper, in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip, and shall cry, Unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean. He shall dwell alone, without the camp shall his habitation be. Leviticus fifteen nineteen through 24. And if a woman have an issue, and her issue in her flesh be blood, she shall be put apart seven days, and whosoever toucheth her shall be unclean until the even. And everything that she lieth upon in her separation shall be unclean. Everything also that she sitteth upon shall be unclean. And whosoever toucheth her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the even. And whosoever toucheth anything that she sat upon shall wash his clothes and bathe, him, bathe himself in water and be unclean until the even. And if it be on her bed, or on anything whereon she sitteth, when he toucheth it, he shall be unclean until the even. And if any man lie with her at all, and her flowers be upon him, he shall be unclean seven days, and all the bed whereon he lieth shall be unclean. Numbers 19.14, This is the law when a man dieth in a tent. All that come into the tent, and all that is in the tent, shall be unclean seven days. A host of verses deal with God's quarantine for various conditions of sickness and plague that protected the community at large. God quarantined the sick and those who came in contact with the contaminated individual, animal, or thing, and not the entire population. The 99.5% that were unaffected would participate in building natural herd immunity and would go to work to support their families and those who found themselves in quarantine. Again, from the God said, man said feature, Black Plague leveled by Leviticus. The God-given quarantine of the scriptures was composed of three basic, basic principles. One, a running issue out of the flesh covers a myriad of problems, for example, the common cold. You can be certain that in this world there are billions of sicknesses every year and millions of unique deaths as a result of disrespect for God's quarantine. Instead of being quarantined, those affected with a running issue, such as the common cold, for example, are permitted to intermingle with the general population, spreading their infection on doorknobs, eating utensils, handshakes, hugs and kisses, sneezing and coughing on food, and drinking restaurants and at home. Number two, the principle of being unclean meant that one carried an infectious contagion which required separation from the general population. Number three, Seven days of separation was one of several time periods of quarantine commanded by God. This number seven jumps out because it is the life cycle of various infectious organisms, such as the one that causes the common cold. The number of health benefits hidden in the commandment of quarantining is much bigger than casual consideration and surely past ever fully discovering. Note, this paragraph from 
the September 6, 2014 issue of Science News. Those stricken by Ebola in the African village mentioned in the beginning of this article were not quarantined, but living, infecting, and dying in their own homes. It is estimated that for every person stricken with Ebola, two others in contact with that victim became infected. Why was something as simple as Bible quarantine neglected? The following paragraph is from the God Said, Man Said feature, Quarantine. The price man has paid for his disregard of God's commandments concerning the quarantine and his purification principles continues to be staggering on a global scale. Literally hundreds of millions of lives have been lost and trillions upon trillions of dollars squandered, not to mention the immeasurable hours of severe discomfort as a result of man's disobedience. Well-accomplished researcher and author Grant Jeffrey in his 336-page book, The Signature of God, recorded this concerning the Bible's quarantine. The continents of Europe and Asia have periodically been engulfed by epidemics of leprosy and plague, especially from 1200 to 1400. More than 60 million people, almost one-third of the population of Europe in the 14th century, are estimated to have died by the Black Death, bubonic plague. Those who survived described scenes that sounded like the haunting visions of Dante's descriptions of hell. How was this dreaded plague finally stopped? During a trip to Vienna in the center of the city, I examined a strange-looking plaque statue dedicated to the Black Death's countless victims and the action of the church fathers to abolish the curse of that plague. In light of God's advanced health laws, one might expect to learn that it was only after the people began to follow the biblical laws of sanitation and disease control that the epidemic was broken. Several church leaders began to search the Bible to discover whether there was a practical solution. They saw that in Leviticus 13.46, Moses laid down the strict regulations regarding the treatment of those afflicted with leprosy or plague. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean, he shall dwell alone, without the camp shall his habitation be. God answered their prayers for deliverance when they finally began to obey his scriptural commands. This divine medical rule demanded that a person who contracted the plague must be isolated from the general population during his infectious period. Fortunately, the church fathers of Vienna finally took the Bible injunctions, injunctions to heart and commanded that those infected with the plague must be placed outside the city in special medical quarantine compounds. Caregivers fed them until they either died or survived the disease. Those who died in homes or streets were quickly removed and buried outside the city. These biblical sanitation measures quickly brought the dreaded epidemic under control. Other cities and countries rapidly followed the medical practices of Vienna until the deadly spread of the Black Death was halted. Until the 20th century, nearly every society other than the Israelites kept infected patients in their homes, even after death, unknowingly exposing other people to deadly disease. Even during the Black Death epidemic, patients who were sick or had died were kept in the same rooms as the rest of the family. People often wondered why the disease affected so many people at one time. They attributed the epidemic to bad air or evil spirits. However, careful attention to the medical commands of God as revealed in Leviticus 
would have saved untold millions of lives. Arturo Castelloni characterized this biblical law with these words. The laws against leprosy in Leviticus 13 may be regarded as the first model of a sanitary legislation. Moses instructed to segregate infected patients from their families and other people was one of the most important medical advances in human history. Yet no other ancient nation followed this effective medical regulation. The only reasonable explanation is that Moses received this advanced medical knowledge from God's inspiration, end of quote. Imagine, the solution to the scourge of the Black Death was found in the Word of God all the time. The pandemics of today will prove no different. God's Word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. God quarantined the sick and those who came in contact with the sick and not the entire population. The disregard of God's clear commandments concerning diet, hygiene, and quarantine excuse me, have cost the world trillions of dollars and millions upon millions of lives. Truly, Galatians 6, 1 is right. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. This is an immutable law of God. God's word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. God said, John three nineteen, and this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. God said, Proverbs 3.19, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. God said, Numbers 5, 2, and 3, Command the children of Israel that they put out of their camp every leper and every one that hath an issue, and whosoever is defiled by the dead, both male and female shall ye put out. Without the camp shall ye put them. They, they defile not their camps in the midst whereof I dwell. Man said, Who's responsible for all the pain and suffering and death in the world? The Christian God, that's who. Now you have the record.